you guys sound really good. I just want to tell you that this morning. Y'all sound really good. And I love that song because that is a beautiful name. There's no name like that name, that name Jesus. I want to tell you something. That name changes lives. That name is changing lives. In a minute, our team, they're coming up here right now from uh, Haiti. You're going to hear about the power of that name Jesus and what Jesus did in Haiti. It's just amazing. Before we do that, turn to someone right now. Go ahead, turn to someone. Look at somebody. Say, you know, you sounded better. You sound a little bit better today. You, you getting better. I'm right. That's good. Yes. Come on. Don't just stand there and look uncomfortable. Tell someone. You sound a little bit better today. I love it. I love it. That's right. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We just know that that your name is great. It is great. And it is greatly to be praised. And it's our honor and it's our privilege to sing to you. Lord, to worship you. God, you are worthy of all of our lives. You're worthy of our heart. You're worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our praise. And God, I just thank you for great music. But I thank you for being a great God. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to make excuses for my God. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to just try to explain it away why he doesn't hear and answer prayer. God, I thank you. Your name is great. And, Lord, you have been great. You have moved greatly this week, God. You moved in my heart greatly. You moved in our hearts greatly this week. You did amazing things in Haiti because you were there before we got there. And you were there after we left. And, Lord, I just thank you for what was done. I thank you for the seeds that were planted. I thank you for the seeds that were watered. And God, I thank you for giving the increase. And I pray that you'd move people today, Lord. I, um, I talked to Javen last gathering here in Gulf Breeze, Lord, and he, he gave his life to Christ. First day he came here, hearing about a mission trip, hearing about what God did, and he crossed the line of faith. And uh, Jesus, you know, you alone, Lord, know who's here today and where we are. And I just would ask Lord, that you just give them courage today, Lord. You touch their heart, that you would move people, that you would you'd not just stir us, but change us. Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, as their Lord, God, I pray today would be the day that they'd step across the line of faith. We love you, Jesus. You're worthy. Thank you for the people that we get to do this with. We get to worship you with these amazing people and our church family and just say thank you. My heart is full, God. I'm thankful that we get to do it again today. Speak to us now, I pray. May we feel what you feel. May we see as you see. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Dr. Ben is our campus leader here in Gulf Breeze. Dr. Ben also... Uh, Three years ago, I think, Ben, I asked you to lead a missions. I saw God working in your heart. And God, just he was on fire, man. I was like, why don't you lead our missions? And he had done such a good job. I'm telling you, full-time doctor and just a full-time warrior for the kingdom. That was a good place to clap right there. And um, Ben, you picked this mission trip. Yes, Tell sir. us who we partnered with. Tell us. Tell them, I know where, but tell them like where we went, like just kick it off, will yeah, you? All absolutely. right, let's do it. Give it up absolutely. for Dr. Ben one more time. Come on, let's go. Well, I hope you guys packed a lunch because we're going to go for about three and a half or four hours because that's how they roll in Haiti. I mean, it is 100 degrees and these guys go after it for three and a half or four hours on these wooden benches. But just kidding, Pastor Tim wouldn't let, us me, let me do that. So, um, yeah, we uh, went to Haiti. Um, and God really ordained this trip. You know, we've taken several trips. I've run several trips. And God kind of spoke to my heart months ago um, and said, this one's going to be different. This one's going to be special. And it really, really was. It really was. And I believe a big part of that is because it was bathed in prayer, bathed in prayer from our team, um, myself, but also with the mission organization that we partnered with. And it's called Praying Pelican Missions. Um, pretty funny name, right? Praying Pelican. You know, it sounds like maybe a, a Little League baseball team or something like that. But what I found out was there's a lot of power in that name because pelicans actually used to be a Christian symbol back in the day because pelicans are known to sacrifice themselves for their family. Like a mama pelican will actually tear pieces of her flesh off to feed the baby if there's not fish or whatever else they eat. 
So it's a pretty beautiful name if you stop and think about it, Praying Pelican. And we got to partner with somebody named Annie. She was the trip leader there and Megan. And, you know, I knew God was breathing on this trip from the very first meeting that we had by phone. Um, The first thing we did was pray. The last thing we did was pray. And so it was just bathed in prayer. And God sent all these wonderful people behind me and several that couldn't make it today, several that live out of town um, and just uh, sent a bunch of warriors on path there. So we went to Haiti and the very first day, um, we actually got to attend church. I wasn't kidding about three or four, three and a half or four hours in the blistering heat. Um, I mean, you know, we, and they dress up too, by the way, it's not shorts and t-shirts. They got pants and, you know, we did the same thing. So we were hot. Let me tell you, um, three and a half, four hours of church. Then we grabbed lunch and then we did an evangelism seminar and we did that to teach them how to spread the gospel, as well as us. We all learned through that. Um, Some of us spoke. Some of us learned through that. And I love that because we got to equip them to go out and spread the gospel. And then the rest of the week was was very similar. Um, And initially, and God changed it on us, because initially we were supposed to do a medical thing in the morning and then a little bit of door-to-door evangelism, and then in the afternoon was going to be kids. And God said, nope. I want you to do a lot more evangelism. So we actually cut most of the medical stuff out and we went door to door. Um, And not only that, but God changed the location on us. We went to a place called Carrefour um, and uh, we initially were going to go door to door in that area, which is the church of Pastor Hugh. But Pastor Hugh said, you know what? I've got a friend. He's actually planting a church in a place called Leogon. And he sent us there to go door to door. And what we didn't know at the time is Leogon is actually the capital of voodoo, of witchcraft in Haiti. And Haiti is like the capital of voodoo and witchcraft for the world. So we were literally taking the, the light of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus into the heart of darkness. And um, yeah. <clears throat> What's so beautiful about that is when you shine your light, when you let the light inside you shine, man, people just come to you. Go ahead and go to that first picture, Joe. Um, This first picture, um, you can see there's Courtney down there, Courtney and Amy. Um, We put Courtney right up to bat, first thing. So what happened with these ladies, though, is that we didn't go find them. They found us. As soon as we walked into this village where there was... Um, temple after temple after temple for voodoo, these ladies came and found us. So, and then Courtney ended up leading four of them to Jesus right then and there. The Bible says, let your light shine. Don't put a basket over it. Don't cover it up. So when your light shines, Jesus blesses it. And then we went on and we actually did a medical thing on the very last day. And I have to tell you guys, I've confess a little bit. I was kind of bummed about this. Everybody was so pumped up about what God was doing out there going door to door that I was like, man, I want to do that more. I don't want to go back and do this medical stuff. I can do that at home. Um, But then God God breathed on that. Go ahead and go to that next picture, guys. Um, God breathed on that in a big way. And at the end of the seminar, we didn't do a clinic. We did a health seminar where literally we were teaching about brushing their teeth and washing their hands and that sort of thing, first aid. Um, And then at the end, I actually gave an invitation, and five people accepted Christ from that, and then I asked for anybody else that just needed prayer, prayer for healing, prayer for whatever, and just come forward, and this lady came forward. It's kind of hard to see her in that picture, and and admittedly, that's not a great picture of her. We caught her like mid-blink and all that, but um, that's okay. She's not going to see it, So, um, but this lady was really hard. She wanted prayer, and she was really wrestling. She had, um, she didn't admit it to me, but I had a strong, strong, strong feeling that she was feeding her family through something like prostitution or something like that. And she knew that by accepting Christ, she would have to leave that behind. And she didn't know how she was going to feed her family. And what came to mind is, you know, in Matthew, Jesus calls Simon, Peter, and Andrew to drop their nets and immediately follow him. And that's what this lady did. After about 45 minutes of talking to her, telling her Jesus loves her, and lots of prayer, which Levi is going to tell us about, um, she eventually accepted Christ. And she, yeah. And she left there and she said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. So God did so many amazing things. That's just the tip of the iceberg of stories. And one of the things that I love as the leader of the trip, um, seeing people go from kind of 
not even sure they want to go on the trip to doing stuff like this. Seeing the whole team just blossom and flourish was amazing. And we're going to see a video in just a second of Tanner. And I want you guys to know about Tanner. Tanner, God's doing an amazing work in Tanner's life. Tanner couldn't be here today. He had already made plans. He has to go out of town. Um, he's probably on an airplane again right now. Poor guy. Um, but, but check out what God is doing in Tanner's life. All right. Um, what did I see God do here in Haiti while I've been here? Saw a lot of things. Saw a lot of things. Um, our our leader, Annie, our trip leader, she she went over one night during our meetings. Um, there's three different types of poverty. There's a spiritual poverty, relationship poverty, and um, materialistic poverty. Home. Um, it really put me in perspective um, in Haiti. That set my mind on how to look at it. Um, we were partnered with the church, and there was a pastor, Pastor Hugh, really touched my heart. Um, with him and this community, I realized they were some of the richest people I know. Some of the richest people I know. They, we would ask them, what can we pray for, for your community? What can we... What can we help out with? What can we, you know, send to you guys? And he would just look at us and every time say, I just need prayer. I just need prayer. No, we know you need money. We know you need help, hands, lumber, toys for the kids. Every time they say prayer. And that always baffled me because in America, we're, we're always praying for materialistic things. And in a place where it's saturated in trash um, and there's really not a lot that everybody has everybody has so little and when they can only ask for prayer that was the most amazing thing ever so I would say what I saw God do here in Haiti um, he enriched people he made people rich here um, and I realized uh, how poor we have it in America. Um, what did God do in me? God, he, he did a lot in me this trip. Um, I would have to start three years ago when I gave my life to Christ. I um, I was serving. Uh, I've, I, let's let's go back. I've gone to church all my life, um, but three years ago. When I was surfing, uh, I went out in waves that were way too big for me, way too big. Um, I was just new to learning how to surf. I was hot-headed. I just went out and I was like, hey, this is a storm. Let's get it. Um, and when I went out, I got stuck on the second sandbar and waves were pounding down on me and I kept on getting pulled under, pulled under, couldn't breathe for a little over two, three minutes. And... Um, there's a point where I just pretty much almost gave up. I just was like, there's no point to this. Um, and in that split second I gave up, I heard a, a whisper in, in underwater. It was all chaotic. Everything around me was just whitewashed, couldn't breathe. I was just gulping in air. And I heard, I got you. Um, and over this trip, I've been praying a lot leading up to the trip and during the trip, you know, what should I do with my life after this high school? I'm going into my senior year. What should I do with my life? I have no clue. I love way too many things to just pick one. Um, what should I do with my life? Um, Pastor Hugh was praying for me at the end of one of the days. We're about to come back to the orphanage where we're staying at. And he said, I don't know why I have to tell you this but I love you and I got you and then he whispered it to me he said I got you um, so what did God do in my life during this week um, playing with the kids um, creating a relationship with a pastor a thousand miles away from me he, he made me realize what I want to do with my life and I want to serve and that's it, guys. So good. 
So good. So when I first talked to the team, I, I challenged them. I think it may have been Sunday night. And I said, hey, we're going to talk about this later. And I didn't tell them I was talking about Sunday. Um, but I said, uh, hey, we're, later we're going to talk about, and I've got two questions, so keep your eyes open this week. And I want you to, I want you to, to be able to answer two questions. The first one is, what did you see God do? Like with your own eyes, what did you see God do? And then the second one, second question is, what did God do in you? Let's make it personal. And so here we are at Sunday morning team. Let's talk about it. So Joe, why don't you lead us off? What did you see God do? And what did God do in you? I think I'm going to start with a um, second question. So two to three days um, into the trip, I was laying on my bed on the roof and like drenched in sweat because it's so hot up there. You can't, it's like takes hours to go to sleep. So I was just laying in my bed and just like praying and just thinking about the trip so far. And God told me something and I'll never forget it because it was so clear. Like it wasn't God like saying it, but I could tell this message was from God. And what he told me is that it's not about you. Everything that we're doing down there, it's not about you. It's about, it's about him. It's about them. It's about the team. It's about everyone but you. And so that just gave me so much confidence. It gave me so much confidence to go out and share the gospel, to love on the children and just to be there, to be there mentally, to be there physically. I was just, it helped me so much. And to answer the first question, what I saw God do is have a team of people who understood that it's not about them. And they just humbly and wholeheartedly went out and served like there is no tomorrow. It was so great. It was so great seeing all of these people doing amazing things and just surrendering to God. Yeah, that's good, Joe. And just being like, I'm here. Use me. Yeah, so good. And like what – so Courtney got the first um, people, first four people. And it was not only four people, but the whole team and the whole church was around her. So she was pretty much sharing the gospel to like 40 people. And, um, and she, you could tell that she was extremely nervous at first, but then, and she's going to talk about this later. I'm stealing her thunder right now, but, um, you could tell that she was extremely nervous at first. And then all of a sudden she just, all the fear just went away. And I feel like that was God showing us that it's not about us. It's about what we can do, about what we're doing and just all of that. It's it was so great seeing that, and not only learning that, but also just seeing the love out there. Yeah. Us not only through us, but to us. Um, there was this little girl. Well, during the kids ministry, we played for them for like hours, and one of the girls just wanted me to pick her up, and she would point places, and um, I would just walk her wherever she pointed to. I would just walk her to that place, and. Um, during the middle of it, she just whispered in my ear, and I couldn't understand it for, at first because it's broken English, but she whispered to me in English, and what she said is, I love you. I don't even know like how to respond to that. Like, It was so sincere, and you could tell that she didn't know English, but she wanted to learn that phrase to tell it to me. It was so good just seeing the the love that was given to us and that we gave. It was so good. That's it. Come on. That's good. Who wants to go next? What did you see God do? What did God do in you? <laughs> Levi, I think that means you're up. <laughs> he passed the mic. God did some big things in your life, man. Seriously. Yes. Yeah, what did... Tell us about it. First, I want to say what I saw God do uh, with that one picture that Ben was talking about with that woman. That was going to be easier the second time. Um, sorry. So to explain this woman, she sat through the whole medical kind of class. And just picture the floor, just a dirt floor, and they sit on wooden benches, like probably the most uncomfortable you ever sat on. And the second seat back, she was sitting on the corner of the aisle seat just watching we gave the class. Ben invited anyone to follow Jesus, and it was five people who said yes. And they, we all prayed with them. And afterwards, she asked for prayer. This woman walks up, 
emptiness straight there. You just see she had just so empty. Like, I can't describe the, how empty she was inside that her heart was just, like, shattered. I mean, that's all I can kind of describe. And she asked, you know, and it's like, I, I tried to explain the first one. Like, when you talk with an interpreter, I don't know if anyone's ever done it, it's very difficult. Because you say a little phrase, and then you wait 10 minutes later, and then you got to remember what you're thinking about and say it again. So Dr. Ben asked her, uh, well, she asked us if we could pray for her. And we're like, what do you want to pray for? She said, can you pray for her to find a job to support her three kids? Uh, we were told by Annie, and she told us that women usually have two choices. You can either be a nurse or have a man support them. So she chose to be supported by a man, the flesh. And uh, so Dr. Ben asked her, well, do you know Jesus? She's like, no. And we're asking if you want to accept Jesus. She said, no, but can you pray for me? So Dr. Ben kept working. He fed her the gospel. And we all were sitting around her. We kept talking to her, kept talking to her. We kept praying over her. Dr. Ben asked three times again, kept asking, and kept feeding her the gospel. And with all of us around her, praying over her, we all put our hands on her, and you could feel just, it was just so, yeah. it's so hard to yeah. describe how, like, yeah. she, the hands didn't even want to get on her. Like, you, like, it was automatically you wanted to pull off, like, a hot plate. But we fought through, and all of us had our hand on her. And we just kept praying and praying and praying. And it's the fourth time Dr. Ben just reading the gospel to her and uh, just looking at her face. You see that her tears fall. And all of us around her wept, and our tears fell. And it was like the sound of rain hitting the dirt, just from our tears. And uh, Dr. Ben asked her that fourth time, she says, do you accept Jesus in your life? And she just said, we. And that means yes in Creole. And that just broke all of our hearts to know that the Holy Spirit was working on her and working on her and working on her, just softening her heart to guide the way for Jesus to get in there and break her down and to allow Jesus into her heart to be everything. She didn't have to rely on a man. She had to rely on Jesus. And it was so good to see that. To see Jesus just break them down and be in their heart. And she was, you could feel when our hands were on her, you could just feel like she just lifted. Like that darkness, that everything else holding her down is gone. Like, it felt like you just grabbed her and just, like, throw her in the air like she was a balloon. It was so beautiful to see that on that. And that was probably the biggest thing that touched my heart. It broke my heart, softened my heart, made me see that Jesus is everything. That's so good, Levi. So good. So I got to tell you something about Levi. Levi, he loves when I tell this. I've told it about 20 times now. So um, like, like everybody on the trip, Levi was, you know, a little bit, pensive, a little bit anxious about sharing the gospel at first. Um, but after that very first day and several people he led to the Lord, we went back to that same place where I showed that initial picture and a couple more women, three more, actually there were girls came up about maybe 14, 15 years old and they were asking about Jesus. And so here comes Levi. He literally gets up, jumps over the bench. He sits down and he goes, who needs Jesus? <laughs> I just love that fire. Love that fire. I love that. Who else? What did you see God do? What did God do in you? I'll go. All right. Okay. Awesome. RJ. All right. So, uh, so I'd better step it up. I know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the positive of speaking twice at two different services, I'm going to say something different this time. Um, you know, hearing, hearing Joe really inspired me. And I shared this with the group, and I, I specifically shared this with the crew. But Levi and I are, are leaders Wednesday night at the crew. Um, shameless plug if you got middle schoolers and high schoolers. Um, and, and just hearing the passion, uh, I'm pretty sure Joe was about to preach to y'all today. <laughs> um, but man, how did I see God move? I saw him move through four high schoolers and an eighth grader that might as well have been a high schooler on this trip. And um, these kids, they worshiped God. They, they led people to Jesus. They evangelized. They were strong in their faith. They were faithful to God's calling this week. Um, they didn't complain. They didn't cry. They didn't whine. They just 
they just laid it out on the, on the battlefield for Christ. And, man, I just wept with them. I, I, tried, I tried not to cry. I, I circled them up on the last night, and I told them how proud of each one I was. And, and uh, I got to Julia. She was the only girl, and, and I lost it. Um, and, and she'd been crying all week and just weeping. Um, you know, I, I have a big heart for Haiti. For those of you who don't know, I, I've, this was my eighth trip to Haiti, and I lived there uh, in 2010 um, during the earthquake and after the earthquake. And a lot of you know my wife, Molly, who comes here, and, um, and we met in Haiti. So Haiti has a big place in my heart, and um, I saw Jesus and the hands, the feet, and, and the mouth of each of, uh, each of these kids this week. And, um, man, it just inspired me. Um, you know, Satan stands in the way. When you, when you try to go for Jesus, he's going to put things in your way. He's going to put distractions in your life. He's going to tell you you can't make it, you can't afford it. Um, and so the last time I went was 2010, and we're in 2018. It's taken me eight years to get back to Haiti, and every year we've wanted to get back. And so um, my wife and I have made a commitment that every single year we're going to be a part of this trip. We're going to get back to Haiti every single year. And, um, and, and we're so excited, and we want to continue to bring you guys, and, 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 uh, and I, I'm going to let Pastor Tim preach on that, but bring you guys and keep bringing students out there and keep seeing the Lord work in our next generation. One of the places we went to, Laogon, this place was uh, crazy. They didn't tell us till later, um, which may, uh, you know, uh, the pastor said, hey, by the way, missionary said, if you don't know, you guys actually just took the gospel like to the heart of witchcraft. So Laogand, where we were, I mean, you're going from hut to hut. I mean, these places didn't have, it was just crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere and there are people and there's a dirt road and it just keeps going and going and going. And people live out there and a couple of the guys, they actually got to share the gospel with a witch doctor who was leaning against the fence, and he was watching them, listening to them share the gospel. Right next to the temple, where they cast spells. And so I love these guys, man. They were just so bold. They went over there. They took the gospel right to him and just didn't give up. Just just kept giving them the gospel and loving on them and explaining it to them. The Bible says reasoning with the scriptures, you know. And so they were doing that, and he came so close. He came to the point that he was like, I, I want to do this. But I financially can't is what it came down to for him because of his family. But, man, what we talk about, man, giving the gospel out. The Bible, Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a pastor, and there have been times where I've been ashamed of the gospel. I've been scared to share the gospel. And Paul said, no, 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 I'm not ashamed, and here's why. It's the power of God. To salvation to everyone that believes. To anyone that believes. And we saw people believe in Haiti. We watched God change people in Haiti. Are you, you hearing me? And so the gospel is that powerful. That the gospel will change. And I just started thinking this one thing I'll share. I thought, you know what, Lord? You told us that we're a community of Jesus followers. That's what you gave us in Tampa. We're a community of Jesus followers who together would be an unstoppable force for good. Driven to change the, you know how you change the world? You go right to the capital of the world of voodoo and witchcraft. And you turn that town upside down for Jesus. And that will affect New Orleans. That'll change New Orleans. That'll change all over. That's how you do it. And so I love that. Tanner, before he flew out, um, literally a, a group comes in and they told him how they actually led a satanic priest to Christ. And he called all his people together. And they all turned to Christ. Because he turned to Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clap for that. And save a little more clap. Because then the next morning, they all came together. The mission team, this community. And they burnt the temple to the ground. They burnt it to the ground. You hear me? Yeah, that's the power of the gospel. Who else? What did you see God do? What did God do in you? I think we're on. Um, so I really prayed and asked God, you know, there were so many incredible stories that came out of Haiti. What is it that you, you know, you want me to share? And what he really impressed on my heart was this. Um, you know, many of us did not know each other incredibly well before this trip. Some of us had never even met before. 
Um, but what became clearly evident is that God had already appointed each person that he wanted to go on this team and how he began to knit us together even before we were on the ground. Um, Jaden just asked me, he said, Miss Amy, don't you think it was the power of prayer that really made the difference in this trip? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, but I do. (laughs) I do. Um, It was incredible to watch us come together, you know. Um, I watched women who struggle with self-doubt become courageous and fierce and watch God flow through them. I watch men be broken and humble and lead in strength because of their brokenness. I watch the right arm get heavy and the team come along and lift the left arm up. And so what God gave me in that was 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body has many parts, but the parts come together to form one body. And so it is with the body of Christ. And we watch the body of Christ come together. And then, man, when we hit the ground... We got to come together with the team in in Haiti and to see that unity, um, you know, as one would step boldly forward to share the gospel, the team would come around them in prayer. Man, we prayed heaven down. When Pastor Tim talks about going into the heart of darkness, we fought against hell to reach people for him. And then when we would have the opportunity to come together with the church at the end of the day to pray and to hear the teams praying out loud, you know, and hear praying in Creole, praying in American, and we would often say, we don't don't need a translator in heaven one day. We didn't need a translator through those prayers because love won. And you heard heaven shout through those prayers. We prayed heaven down. And heaven came down to us. And it was beautiful to see. And the team actually gave us in Haiti the last day, gave us a plaque. And it says, thank you a lot to contribute to the development of our church and community. And you guys, the time that they invested to put this together and the money that they spent was such a sacrifice. But it was such a beautiful representation of the unity that we felt on this trip. And they took the time to put each one of our names on this. So the seeds that were planted in Haiti, we won't see come to harvest on this side of heaven. But, man, when we get to heaven, we'll get to see those seeds. And the last thing, I'll share this really quick, just what God did in me. You know, you guys know how much I love kids. But to get to see Momentum Kids have a footprint in Haiti. And to get to give an invitation and see 25 kids come over to say that they want to accept Christ. But then you would ask them, you know, have you already accepted Jesus? We! With their little sweet faces. And they were all excited. Okay, you go back and play. But God gave us the wisdom to see exactly who needed Jesus. And to see their faces go from solemn and hollow to joy. And then you guys to see Jaden lead with such wisdom and with such compassion. And for those of you that don't know, Jaden serves every week faithfully in the big city. And his heart was on fire to serve those kids. So I'm going to steal Pastor Tim's thunder. And I'm going to tell a little story. The last, no, it was the second day we were there. Um, We asked Jaden to pray that day. And Jaden prayed that we would see five salvations in kids. And you guys, guess what? Heaven heard his prayer. We saw five salvations in kids that day. So, you know, I asked God to light a fire in my soul, and he did. And the last night we sang, light a fire in my soul, and it was beautiful and holy. Who's next? Go ahead, Courtney. Are we on? Hello? Okay. So, um, so the two questions, um, what did we see God do in Haiti? Um, that's it's a bit easier for me to answer that question, or it's a bit shorter, at least. Um, you know, it's it was really, really cool. Before we went on this trip, we were just all in such prayer. Um, and to see when we got there that, like, God had just heard us. Like, we weren't praying to deaf ears. He went in, and he, he made the, the soil fertile for us. I mean, 
like Dr. Ben was saying, I mean, we got to the church plant, and we hadn't even left yet. We hadn't gone anywhere, and there's people knocking on the, well, there's no doors. But um, <laughs> there's people already showed up that um, they're like, we want to hear about Jesus, you know. And so we're just like, yes, you know, the Lord has brought the harvest to us. Let's do this. Um, so it's just so cool, and like Amy said, there's so many seeds planted that we won't even get to see until we are in heaven someday. Um, we know that there's going to be more people that go there and water those seeds um, that we planted. The scripture says, wherever the gospel is preached, it will not return void. And, you know, we believe him for that, um, but we also got to see a lot of fruit. I mean, just salvations and salvations. It was The Lord was just at work in Haiti, um, and so, yeah, we... Um, he really taught me the power of prayer. I mean, we were just prayed up when we got there, and he heard us, and he was there. Um, and, yeah, he just brought the harvest right to us. So it was so cool to see God working. You know, we were out in the middle of nowhere, and there's just people there just coming to us to hear about Jesus. Um, and then at Pastor Hughes Church also, um, in that community, there's people, there's Jesus followers there that we just got to pray with. Um, and we even met other pastors um, that we got to pray with. And that was just so cool to see the community of Christ really coming together like that. So, man, God is at work in Haiti. Um, believe that. Yeah. Um, and what did God do in my heart? Um, I talked to my I answered this to my roommate last night for about three hours. But I don't think I have that much time here. So, um, you know, I feel like during, like, throughout my life, like, I've just had a lot of insecurities and fears. Um I believed a lot of lies. I felt like the Lord really used this trip to kind of separate the lies from the truth for me. Um, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt. I was really insecure for a lot of my life. And um, so, I, you know, I, I was really praying that um, the Lord would just use me in this trip and really just speak through me and that the Holy Spirit would just fill me. Um, and so, yeah, when I got there, you know, I'd been practicing, you know, presenting the gospel and I'm trying to be in the scriptures and in prayer. Um, and then, you know, on day one, you know, in front of 30 people, like, <laughs> um, that's my time, so, so Amy, God bless Amy, she pushed me, I needed her on this trip to really push me in, um, out of my comfort zone, and so when these people came up to hear the gospel, you know, she just gave me that little push, and I was like, okay, I'm ready, I got this, but, um, I was terrified. I was, sh like, shaking. Um, I don't know if you all know me, but this is not my, it was not my, I'll say, gift to speak in front of people. Um, it just terrified me, really. And I got down on my knees. I wanted to be eye level with these people and tell them about Jesus and um, just in the dirt there with them. Um, and I was, like, Levi said he saw my, my cheeks trembling, like, my hands trembling. Like, everything that was shaking was trembling. Um, and you know, I just, for a second, looked up, and I looked around, and I saw, like, my team just, like, gathered around me in prayer. Um, I saw, like, Dr. Ben's hands in the air in prayer, and I just felt like this, tr I just realized this truth, like, the Lord was telling me, like, they're on your side, Courtney. There's not people out here that are judging you. They're not hoping that you fail. Like, you guys are, we're a family. We're a family of believers, and these are my brothers and sisters in Christ. So good. So good. And, um, and they want this for you, too. And so, I mean, I just slowly felt that fear wash away because I don't need to have fear. Like, where there's love, there is no fear. And that did leave me. I was all of a sudden just speaking, and I was, like, the Lord gave me confidence to speak to these people. He gave me boldness, and I was just covered in prayer, just drowning in prayer for my team. And then all of a sudden, I just left there, and I was just like, give me more. I want to talk to more people about this, you know? Like, who's next? You know, like, Levi, who wants Jesus, you know? <laughs> Um, so then, I mean, it just totally brought me out of this shell. I just felt like, yeah, there's just this truth of, of being loved and surrounded in love. And, um, and then it's not me. I don't have to put so much pressure on myself. Like I'm not changing those hearts. Um, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We are obedient and we go and we, we present the gospel. Um, but it's not me that changes the heart. It's the, it's the Holy Spirit that does that. And so, man, like by the second or third person I was talking to, I was standing up and I was just like, I mean, the Lord just filled me. The Holy Spirit just filled me. And I was just like almost like preaching to these people. And then the Lord took away fear and gave me this like urgency. I had been praying that the Lord, the Lord would burden my heart um, for the lost. And did he? He sure did. He, um, he just put these words on, on, my, on my tongue that I wasn't even ever, I hadn't even thought about before. Just saying like, you know, where are you going to be in a thousand years? Where are you going to be in 5,000 years? In a million years? Like what, is, what matters? You can go to bed tonight with assurance. We can all go to bed tonight with assurance because the Bible says that. that where, the Bible says that... You know, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is king, 
you will receive eternal life. That's, that's a promise to us. And that's not our opinion. That's a promise of, of the Bible. And so, man, I just, I felt like God just ripped me out of all my comfort zones. And he's like, this is where you're going to grow. And here are the people that you need to help grow you, Courtney. And here you go. So, man, here, and here I am speaking in front of, you know, a crowd. And the Lord's just really taken away my fear. I just feel so grateful for God. And all glory to him. He's really just shown up for me in these last couple of weeks. So I'm really grateful for this team here, too. So, Yeah. Preach it. Come on, Courtney. Yeah, boy. Oh, so good. Who else? What did you see God do? Barbara. Okay. okay. Um, so what did I see God do? You know, when we first when we first got there and got on a bus and we were going through um, to the orphanage and just, going, just driving on the street, which um, I think, first of all, was a life and death experience on a daily basis on those roads. Um, I mean, it was survival of the fittest for sure. Um, but you know, you just, you're just so interested because it's such a different culture, but I don't think, I mean, I've been in third world countries before I served in Afghanistan and it was nothing. I mean, this was something so different. And so we're driving down and I just see so many people. I mean, they're, they're out and it's thousands and thousands of people. I mean, you just keep going. It just doesn't let up. So I'm thinking in my head, well, when we go to church tomorrow, or tomorrow, yeah, um, there's going to be so many people at the church. And when we got there, there were um, maybe, what, 15, 20? Um, not a lot. And it really um, just put this huge burden on my heart. Um, you know, at first I'm thinking for us, I'm like, man, we only have a week here. We don't, there's no way we can touch all these lives. But the more we got to know Pastor Hugh and the team there, um, the burden was, you know, I just felt it for them. And it really touched my heart because, um, they, they are going against their culture. Um, you know, they're, they're a culture of Satan, you know, Satan worshipers and, um, they're stepping out in faith and they're being so obedient and they're so humble and, um, they don't have a huge line behind them. Um, you know, here we see big churches and, you know, these massive churches with so many people in them and, you know, it makes it a little easier for a pastor to lead when you have that, that back, you know, the, the people behind you. Um, but this is a man and, and his whole team that they're just going against the grain and they're just being so obedient. And so, you know, initially when we're going out into, then we're going and talking to the huts, um, you know, you walk up and they don't, they don't necessarily smile at you. In fact, if you get a smile, it's, it's an exception. So um, you're walking up and their faces, there's just no expression. And you can talk to them for 30 minutes and they have very little expression. Their hearts are just so hardened to, you know, just from the devastation, the hunger, the poverty, the hardships. Um, but I just saw God soften hearts. Um, we just heard stories. We heard stories of, of you know, people that have had a, a bad experience with pastors and with churches in general. And so they were hardened to to Jesus because of it. Um, you know, we walked up and talked to, um, a woman who, you know, we said, Hey, can, can we talk, chat with you a little bit? And she said, well, you know, I'll listen, but I just lost my son 15 days ago. So I'm not really open to what you have to say, but I'll listen. And she listened. Um, she listened. She didn't take that step, but the next day, and we didn't plan on going back the next day, but God said, no, we're, we're going to go back um, right into the, the heart of witchcraft. And we went back. And as we're passing her, her house, her hut, um, she was on the porch and she smiled and waved. And so I could see their hearts being softened. So even though we won't see her actually, you know, take that step of faith to accept the salvation that Jesus has for her, um, you know, we were planting the seeds. And I thought that it was um, so important for, for Pastor Hugh and that whole team because they just needed that encouragement. And so um, when we were leaving, you could just see how much we, how much he had been lifted. And, you know, he just, when he was hugging Pastor Tim, he just, it was like he didn't want to let go and tears were just flowing and he didn't want to let go. Um, you know, and then the couple of times that we said goodbyes, we'd say goodbye and then, um, he'd leave. And then the next day he came back. So we said goodbye a couple of times. I was like, Oh, I, I can't emotionally handle doing this again. But he just, he, he kept coming back because I just feel like he just felt such, such strength. Like he had a foundation and, you know, so I just, we just tell, let him know we're continuing to pray for him so that he knows that even though we're not there, we're still praying and we're still behind him. And so I just felt really God move in him and in that team. 
And then really quick, what God did in me, um, there was, you know, when they say we went into the heart of witchcraft, um, that that's not something you can take lightly. There was spiritual warfare. And it was no joke. It wasn't even, um, again, you know, the the barriers to, to talking to the people there. There were things going on within each of us. And it was hard. I mean, it was hard to break through. I mean, all of the insecurities and all of the doubts that we had, man, Satan was going after us. And he knew exactly where to hit us. And it was hard. And we really leaned on each other for that. And, and you know, the in during the 21-day 20 20 fast in the very beginning of the year, one of the things that was on there was, you know, community. I had been coming to this church for a year or so and never gotten involved. And this this trip really gave me that sense of community. I relied on them. You know, we prayed for each other. We were really prayed up. And, I, and we prayed for each other. And we were, we learned together how to recognize that spiritual warfare and how to fight back. And so, you know, I, 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 I say, you know, that you know, we know that we are equipped for battle. And so we learned how to use the word of God as our armor. We learned how to put it on and how to fight back, how to recognize it for what it was. And so we all went over there. We were all Christians. We all had a real, you know, from what I talked with everybody. We were all Christians, walked faithfully with God. We weren't doing anything wrong, you know, as far as we were doing it right. We we loved the Lord. We walked with him daily. And we went over there and we went over there as Christians. But when we came back, we were soldiers. And like, we knew, we knew exactly, we know exactly how to fight back and we're not, not going to let the enemy take us down. So good. I think we ought to clap again, man. That was, that was good. I like that, Barbara. Came back as soldiers. I love that. J-Man, you, when Barbara started to talk, you said, I'm next. So here we go, buddy. So what did I see God do? I saw God um, through us. Well, not, it wasn't through us, but I saw God just change lives of so many Haitians. And just they just got to experience the love of God that they've never felt in their, in their life before. Yeah, so good. And that just, that just really changed me. And opened up my eyes on just how much we can impact the communities of Haiti and the world through Jesus. And then what did God do in me? God, um, he opened my eyes of just how blessed we are in America and just how much we take for granted. Like, going to this trip, I'm like, yeah, I've heard about this. We're blessed. And then on the, (laughs) but then on the, then when I'm just riding the bus, I'm like, wow. Just like in awe, just like, wow, we really are blessed. And, And God just showed me just how powerful prayer is. And just how, Miss Amy stole my thunder earlier. Just kidding. But, um. But um, just how powerful prayer is, like, as she said, I prayed a bold prayer that we'd get five salvations in kids, and we got five salvations in kids. So I just want to encourage all of you that prayer is the key, and we can all just benefit so much from prayer. On the way home, Jaden said... uh, I don't need to be on stage because nobody wants to listen to me. And I said, buddy, you have so much to teach. Pass the mic to the guy who's crying. <laughs> so proud of you. I got to watch Jaden lead um, a woman to Jesus. This is the first person he ever led to Christ. And it was just so holy. This woman, she kind of had her hand on her hip, and we were talking to her husband. He was in the field working. We're like, hey, can we talk to you about God, creator God? And he's like, yeah. So he's got a machete, man. He's walking over to us with a machete, and I'm like, Ben, you're up. (laughs) And uh, no, he he comes over and takes us to his house, and they're just good people. You know, I mean, they they just are. And um, most all of them knew, like, there's a creator God, and a lot of them knew Jesus. 
you know, as far as the name, but they weren't ready to receive him. And so we go over there and we're witnessing to him and we're really trying to figure out where is this guy at? Is he a Christian or not? And come to find out, man, this guy had given his life to Christ before. So kind of really helped him with assurance. And his wife was over there and she was just like, mm-hmm, you know, and dude, there's like chicken poop everywhere. And there's a rooster, which I hope I never, <laughs> I never wanted to eat rooster before, but I mean, these roosters, man, they wake you up at 4 a.m. Like, yeah! But uh, there's a rooster running around and, and kids over here and she's just, you know, she's just whatever. Like, okay, are you done? And then we're like, what about you? Like, how are you with God? Where are you at with God? Is Jesus your savior? And we asked her, like, do you want to? Put your faith and trust in Christ. And she looked up at her husband like, do you want me to do this or not? And I'll never forget this moment. As long as I live. He looked at her. He looked at her and he said, no, this is your soul. I can't make this decision for you. I'm like, preach it, buddy. You know what that's called. That's bump, set, spike. Here we go. And all of a sudden when he said that to her, conviction washed over her. And her eyes got like this big and she was like, ruh row, You know, like, I wish I was listening. Like, can you say it again? And man, Jesus just, Jesus just right there, man. Just right there, the love of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's Jaden, who's an eighth grader, leading this woman in Haiti who she's never seen. He's never seen her. But they'll see each other again in heaven because of your obedience and your willingness. I love that. But here's what I just want to say to you guys. I just want to say, you know. Hadn't this been powerful? Because that's the gospel. It's the gospel. Most Christians never even tell someone about Jesus. Let alone win them to Jesus. But they cling to the name Christian, which means Christ-like. And even in his final breath, the thing Jesus was doing was not complaining was not crying. Jesus was rescuing one of the two that would put his faith and trust in him. And that's what we're called to do. And God just spoke to my heart and just said, you know what? Like our church, I feel like our church is on fire for God. I feel like, man, we go after people. But I felt like God spoke to my heart, Dr. Ben, and just said, you know, there's so many people in your church don't even know and and don't even know how to share the gospel. And, And it's not like horrible people. No, but what we're going to do is we're going to disciple you, and we're going to equip you, and you're going to hear me talk more about it. Next thing that we're going to do is we're going to go back to Haiti, and um, benches, like three benches, they're sweating, church is four hours, the pastor's wearing a suit, I didn't wear a tie, I had cufflinks in the deal, but I didn't have a tie on, pastor's over there with a tie, and he's just dripping, and he's just, I mean, he's just playing, man, and they're singing, and they're like, one more time, I'm like, here we go, 501 time, man, you know, and they just sing it to God and they're worshiping. And it was so holy, you know, they have so little over there, but they have so much. We have so much. And yet we have so little. I love what Tanner said in the opening video. He's like, man, they're the ones that are rich. And um, I would challenge you. There's some things you don't have to pray about. I would challenge you to go on the mission trip. In fact, in January, we're going to tell you in January, hey, these are the trips we're taking this year. So I would challenge every one of you to pick one of those trips to go on a mission trip. It will change your life. The Bible says guard your heart out of it are the issues of life. You see, how do you guard your heart? You protect what you look at because our vision affects our heart. And what we see has the potential to break our hearts. You with me? And what we saw broke our heart. And God broke us down and he filled us up, didn't he? He just filled us up. It's so good. I'm proud of everyone here. Wish we had more time for everyone to talk. But I just challenge you to to make it like no right now. Hey, next year, 2019, I'm going on a mission trip. God will literally, he will totally, um, totally touch your heart in such a powerful way. Momentum Church got better this week in Haiti. We got so much better because we saw people how Jesus sees them and we felt for them how Jesus feels for them. You see, this country, this country 
two centuries ago, made a pact with the devil. And they said, we'll give you our soul if you will free us from the French. And so they began to worship the devil in what used to be one of the most beautiful countries in all of the world. Needs Jesus. There's trash everywhere. They don't, they, they have, they have no understanding of a trash can. I'm, I'm not sure I really saw more than two while we were over there. They just throw their trash down and it stinks and there's great need. And yet Jesus is making a difference in Haiti. Why? Because he loves them. And that's why we're going to go back because he loves them. Back to Haiti. When you said that, RJ, I was like, that's the theme of the t-shirt next year that we're going to make. Back to Haiti. I love that, man. I love that. Lord spoke when you said that. It was like, t-shirt. Back to Haiti. We're going back to Haiti, boy. Come on. Just like that. We're going back. And I hope that you can come. We'll, uh, we will be announcing it in January. So you want to do that. You know, we're going to get ready to close. But here's the deal. You know, there are people over there in Haiti that they're like, nah, not yet, not yet. And, and they knew about Jesus, but um, they, weren't, they weren't willing to give up. They, many of them thought, well, I got to come clean. Like, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta fix myself before Jesus. And we, you come to Jesus, and Jesus cleans you up. That's what happens. And some of them, even after saying no, like you talked about, Levi, I mean, three times, four times, sharing the gospel is powerful. It's dynamite power. It's explosive power. And it would, it would take that hard heart, and it would move their heart to Jesus. And then some people said no. And I just couldn't help but think, how many people here, let's just be specific, here in Momentum, in Navarre, Blackwater, you're watching online, or you're here in Gulf Breeze at our broadcast campus, and, and, and you're playing a game. I mean, there are people over there. Can we show this one picture? I mean, we're, we're on the fun day, the last day. We were exhausted physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I mean, we were just done. And I saw this as we were walking to a point that overlooked Port-au-Prince. It was a beautiful spot. And, and I saw this so on the way back. I, I asked Maya, Mr. President, I said, hey, buddy, what does this say, man? Tell me what it says. And he said, man, this place um, has been consecrated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can see Jesus Christ. I was like, I can read that. What does the rest say? And he said, that's it. And here's this country 200 years ago that their forefather said, we don't care. We're sick and tired of our circumstances. We choose Satan. And so they got what Satan gives. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And yet, this country has been consecrated to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and that just moved me in such a way. And I thought, you know what? This country is coming to Jesus. It's coming to Jesus. And I believe there are people here right now that you know about Jesus. You know, but you're not ready. You're not willing. And I don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is in you or what you're holding that you're like, not now. I'm not now. And, you know, sometimes we could see people harden their heart. They would harden their heart. I told one lady, I'm, I'm pretty sure this woman had demons, and uh, she was there on that front porch, Barbara, you were talking about, and she was just staring at me like, I wish I could kill you, but she couldn't. Because no weapon formed against us will prosper. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And if God is for us, who can be against us? There were angels around us. We were given the gospel. She couldn't move without God giving her permission. And she was staring me down. And I turned right at her. I looked in her, her in her eyes and I said, don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. There were four teenage boys, man. I gave everything I had. I came from every angle I knew. And they were there. Right there in the heart of witchcraft. They were there. They're looking at each other. Don't you want to give your life to Jesus? And they were looking like, are you going to do it? And just one of them needed a break. But they wouldn't do it. And we prayed. We kept praying. Whoa, whoa, I was sharing. The team was praying. We went back. We got the two leaders off to the side. Man, we began again to share verse after verse after verse. And you won't. Listen, I said, did you pick your birthday? No. Will you pick your death day? No. So why gamble your soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? What would you give? You go to hell and it's too late. What would you give? What would you trade? What would you go back and do different? And we began to plead with a man. I'm telling you through the power of prayer. The power of prayer. God broke those two guys and they said yes to Jesus. It was so holy. And went back to the other ones. 
And then a new guy came. He was like the leader. He came there like, he needs Jesus. Tell him about Jesus now. We pleaded with him. He said no. And he hardened his heart. And it just took me to how many times on Sunday mornings I can look in your eyes. And I honestly, your eyes are windows to the soul. And I see people harden your heart. No, I'm not going to raise my hand. No, I'm not going to say yes to Jesus. No, I've got this or I've got that. I've got, I've got my, whatever it is you're hanging on to. Like them, they got their religion. And you know what? Religion will damn you. That's what it will. I just said the D word in church. Damn. I said it again. And I said it again because it's in the Bible. It says, whoever has the son has life, but whoever doesn't have the son is already damned. It means you're already under judgment. You're already, and the only thing keeping you from God's anger for your sin is the fact that His love is allowing you to still breathe, to give you a chance to turn to Him. But it do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Whoever has Jesus has life. If you don't have Jesus, you're a dead man walking. You are a dead woman walking without Jesus. And you just, you die. It's too late. If you reject him here, you get eternity without him. We're not playing games. And this gospel is for you. It's here. It's now. And there are people in this room right now. There are people in Navarre right now. There are men in Blackwater right now. There are people watching this all over America. You're watching it over, overseas right now. And you've said, no, 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 long enough. And I'm telling you, today is the day. Today is the day of your salvation. It's time to say yes to Jesus. You've said no enough. You've hardened your heart. You've had your own pride. You said, I'm not going to do it. And Jesus is calling you today. The gospel is coming to your house today. And all you got to do is say, yes, yes, Jesus, I'm done with my religion. Their religion is witchcraft. They think they're right. Religion will damn you. But a relationship with Jesus will save you. That's what the Bible says. You don't like that? Please don't email me. I'm telling you what Jesus said. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't me. This is what Jesus said. And he loves you so much. Jesus died on the cross, he absorbed the anger of God for sin because God doesn't laugh at sin. God doesn't wink at sin. God doesn't smile. He doesn't joke around about sin. Sin cost him his only son. Would you give your son? God did. And he did it for you. He did it for me because he loves us. So while we were sinners, while we were hardening our heart, while we were saying, forget you, God, while we were saying, I'll do my own thing, I'll go my own way, I'll make my own path, whatever, while we were doing that, Christ died for us right here and for them in Haiti. And why did he do it? Because he's for us. He's not against us. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. We're already condemned. He sent a Savior. We didn't need a judge. We needed a Savior. And He sent us a Savior. So how will you give an account to your life if you die without the Savior? What will you tell Almighty God when He sent a Savior for you and you rejected? There are people, I just, right now, there's a battle for your soul. And Satan wants to take you where he's headed. And trust me, it's a place you don't ever want to go. You don't want to see it for a second. And Jesus loves you right now, and he's whispering your name. And if you're under conviction, if that's you, that's because you need Jesus. And Jesus is saying, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. How do I get him? What do I have to do? I'm so glad you asked. If you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you'll believe in your heart that he died for your sins, and he rose again, you will be saved, forgiven made clean, made whole. You will be right with God. And now when God looks at you, because you say yes to Jesus, all God sees is the blood of Jesus. He says, forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. And I know that's what you want. And I know that's what we all need. So will you today respond by saying yes to the power of the gospel that he loves you if you would I want you to pray with everyone else we're going to pray and I'm going to lead you in a prayer we, we do it this way at Momentum um, and, and can I just say it this way raising your hand doesn't save you saying a prayer doesn't save you reading your Bible doesn't save you what saves you is when you call on the name of the Lord and you confess that you're a sinner and you put listen to me here's the transaction you're transferring your trust to Christ alone 
not you. Because on your best day, you're not good enough. On my best day, I've never been good enough. So it's not what we can do. It's what Jesus already did. So we transfer whatever your religious background is. You transfer that trust and you move it out of that account. And you put it in Christ alone. And he'll change it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Please, if you say, that's me, Pastor Tim, I want to lead you in a prayer. We'll pray it together. You say, well, Pat, 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 Pastor Tim, I still got doubts and questions and fears. Jump in line. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to know right now God is convicting you. God is saying today is your day. He's been after some of you for 20 years. Here's a cool thing, man. His grace keeps on running after us. His mercy reaches lower than our worst mistake. If you just call on him today, Jesus will come in. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, I will come in. Let him in today. Let's pray together, would you? If you transfer your trust, and for those of us already done it, man, we're going to pray this so you don't pray alone. Here we go. Do you say, Jesus, I confess I'm a mess. I'm a sinner, and I have been for a long time. You've seen it all. You know it all. Even the ones I hope no one ever knows. I need a Savior, so I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me, for dying for me, for rising again. I declare Jesus as Lord, and I put all my trust, I transfer all my trust in Christ alone. I give you my life. I receive your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe with all my heart, there are people, you cross the line of faith today for the first time. I believe chains were broken. I believe new life is, is uh, right here among us. We want to celebrate with you. We got a gift for you. It's some things that will help you in your journey with Jesus. And on the count of three, if you'll raise your hand. We won't embarrass you, but if you'll hold it up, if you hold it up high, we want to celebrate with you. Jesus said, whoever accepts me will not be ashamed of me will not be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed. Hold it up. Hold it up high. Navarre, hold it up. In Blackwater, hold it up. On the count of three. Here we go. Yes, Jesus. One, two, three. Right now, hold it up. Hold it up high. Let us know, would you? Hold it up. Would you give your life to Jesus? Hold it up high. I see your hand. That's amazing. Who else? Who else? I see their hand. Come on, Navarre. Who else? Hold it up high, Navarre. Come on, guys. Clap like you mean it. Come on, here we go. Who else? I gave my life to Jesus today, Pastor. I love that.